Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi everybody and welcome back to the Dead Prankle podcast for season three. We have missed you, haven't we Kat? Yes we have and I have missed doing this a lot. I feel like tonight's going to be really therapeutic for both of us. I was just about to say this is our therapy. (laughs) We've missed out on some sessions recently haven't we? If there are tears shed I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) There definitely will be. Oh it's lovely to see you again and thank you again for joining us for the Dead Prankle podcast. Yeah we've got a whole season coming up of chats between Emma and I, chats with experts, so there's a lot to look forward to, but this particular episode is one that a lot of you have asked for. Yeah, it's all about those big life events, things that happen where you know if your parent was there, they'd be extremely proud, and it kind of shines a light on the fact that they aren't with us. Yeah, and it's something that a lot of you message the page about, asking for advice on how to get through sort of buying a new house, having children, getting married, and just general things depend on when you lost your parent, graduation and things like that. So Emma and I have had a lot of experience in most of those things. Can't quite say we've got to the marriage and baby stage yet. (laughs) (laughs) So let's crack on then, shall we? Welcome to the Dead Parent Club. So... Why don't have a little catch up then whilst we're here? What's been happening in your life? Well, I've moved house. Big so life big, event. Big life event. Yeah, about three and a half months ago, I actually moved house. Although, to be honest with you, I feel like I've basically been living in London ever since. So I've hardly been That's there. It. But as you know, because obviously you bought your place, didn't you? Was that like a year, two years ago? Last summer. Yeah. yeah. So you know that feeling. How did you feel in the build up to buying your house and then picking up the keys? So I feel like, For me, the biggest thing was that I was doing this massive thing and I had nobody to kind of go to the shops with and pick out little bits and bobs for it that would be really excited for me. So my dad was there, but he doesn't, he's not, you know, one of your parents usually is the one that's most excited for you, whether that's your dad or your mum. For me, it was my mum. My mum was the one that was championing me on, really excited. She would have been buzzing. So my dad just wasn't, you know, that interested really no fault of his own it's just his personality type but that's fine but I was very much just like god I really wish my mum was here just to for the build-up of it to get excited with me because it didn't feel like that big of a deal to me because my surviving parent wasn't that excited I completely get that and I think um like you say it's whichever parent you would have shared that kind of bond with Mm -hmm. but I know for me particularly in the last year as a whole a lot has happened and that includes the loss of my nana who was like another mum to me she died and then all of a sudden I got one of my dream jobs in London broadcasting from a studio which I would have been straight on the phone to my nana and my mum had they been here telling her I got a a new car I bought a new place I got all these other jobs that I was looking 
Melvin, I feel like this last year has been so significant for me in terms of my growth in my mm. career and as a person. And there are so many times probably even more often than I realize where my mind thinks about the conversation I would have with them if yeah. I could pick up the phone what they would say how you know even this just this last week I was in Portugal and I was at an incredible event surrounded by people far more intelligent than I and I had the privilege of being able to get up on stage with some of them there was a Hollywood actress a famous football journalist and the COO of a wow. huge global company and I got up on stage and held court with them and asked them the questions and stuff in front of a crowd of 30 or 40,000 people. And for me, that was a real defining moment and one where all I wanted to do when I came back off that stage was pick up the phone and go, Nana, mum, mm. you're never going to guess what I've just done. And I didn't have that. And I don't have that relationship with anybody else in my family where I can do that, where as you said about your mum, that they would be as excited as you are, if not more so sometimes. And I think that's when it really hits home is for all the sadness of grief, when you're in the highs, when you do things that are achievements, it can wallop you. Yeah, massively. I feel like it's something that I've said quite a lot, but every happy moment now that happens after somebody has died always has a tinge of sadness. And when I sit and think about that, like that's actually really sad and it makes me jealous of other people that can have these happy moments and just be completely immersed in it but also what you were saying then you know about not having people you can call but obviously both of us over the past year have also gone through a breakup so it's kind of weird not having because that person used to be the person that you would call excited about exactly. it as well and then suddenly you're kind of like like shit who who is my person now and you kind of realize that you have to be your own champion yeah and you have to and I don't think it it doesn't and it hasn't always sat right with me to give myself a pat on the back I've never been that kind of person mm -hmm. even if I think I've done something good I'll give myself two seconds worth of credit and then go right snap out of that crack onto the next thing you know do this and I think it takes a lot. You really have to self-reflect and have to be on your own after those events to understand how to be your own biggest champion and to realize the growth. And I think that's something that comes with time. I think if you're, if the grief is very raw, it's not as easy to do that. Mm. Or at least in my experience, it's not You're as more easy. overwhelmed by the sadness than mm. the happiness yeah. at, the, at those early stages, definitely. Yeah, but I hope if you're listening to this and you have recently lost a loved one, that you might take some sort of comfort in the knowledge that, you know, that Kat and I are sharing with you that as the years go by, you do gain a level of perspective and you are able to root for yourself in the world. Yeah, definitely. I think what you were saying before, you know, about how you don't sit back and reflect on those moments. I think a big part of that is because a big aspect of grief is survival and it's like getting through each day. And I was even saying to somebody, I was saying to your brother actually the other week, I was lying there and I was like, I'm so bad for not living in the moment. I'm constantly thinking about what's next and what the next thing I need to do is in my life. And I think I've learned that from when I was grieving, the only way that I could get through each day is by like planning my day and getting through everything as quickly as I could so that I didn't have any time to sit still and kind of absorb what was happening. And I think that's something that happens a lot with grief, mm. isn't it? That you you find yourself, probably a coping mechanism that's outside of our control, but you find yourself doing that. I remember saying to my therapist, you know, please tell me why the goalposts are ever changing, why I'm never, like you say, present in the moment. And I mean, I am in the sense of, because, you know, I lost my nana. Whenever I have moments with my granddad, I find myself looking at him and working his face mm. out and, and 
remembering how he talks and the movements and mannerisms of him. But I said to my therapist, please tell me why the goalposts are ever changing and why I feel as though I'm on high alert and constantly racing in life. And, um, you know, he said to me, oh, you know, it's okay to feel that like that sometimes, you know, imagine a horse in a race. And I was like, yeah, I'm not a horse, horse. <laughs> a horse and, and they get to the end of a race yeah. and they've either won, lost or come somewhere in between. This is never ending for me. I'm constantly yeah. out of breath here, sunshine. And it is this kind of thing where, and, and I, I wonder if part of it is that we are so aware of how finite life is that we are cram, trying to cram mm-hmm. a whole lifetime into whatever we have because you cannot help but be overwhelmed by the idea that we are going to die and we don't know when. Yeah, massively. And I think like one of the worst things of, of that is like when when you're not doing anything, you're panicking because yeah. you're like, oh my God, like I haven't done enough. If I, if I die now, like I'm not going to have done yeah. enough with my life. And like, that's so sad. Mm-hmm. And purpose and fulfillment and things like that. You know, I feel that I need to find my purpose. I need yeah. to find my meaning in life and, and fulfillment. And the same thing as you said, I'm scared but that, you know, mm. what if life ends and I've left no lasting positive legacy on this earth? And you're right. Mm. That is quite sad that that is how we are thinking. Can you ever sit still? No, I cannot. I am so bad for it. Like if I, if I have like a day, whole day where I've got nothing planned in front of me, I'm like, Holy crap, what can I do? I like, bet, and I will I, find anything. Yeah. And I bet you're also like me in that day-to-day with work and everything else, mm. you're like, oh my God, I'm so busy. I just need a bit of, I just need to yeah. give myself a moment to breathe. And then when you're given the opportunity to breathe, you're like, what can I, I, yeah, I need to do something to fill this time. I yeah. can't just be alone and yeah. do nothing. And it's like, I can, I can barely watch TV. I can mm-hmm. barely do anything. I feel that I have to be proactive, doing things all the time. And like you say, then that means that when, and we do achieve things like it's very short-lived mm-hmm. and say that's what it is very short-lived yeah definitely and I think part of that is because we're like okay like nobody to celebrate this with yeah let's carry on and I think you know that is rubbish but like you said if we can learn to be our own champions and a good thing to do maybe would be to spend a moment like journaling about it like take a moment to like they say I think to I think to remember things really well and to feel in the moment, you have to think about like your sight, your hearing and your smell. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even if you like say to yourself, okay, I've done something that I'm really proud of here, sit and just go through those three things. And even that will help you like be in the moment and kind of be like, okay, I'm feeling really proud of myself here and remember it. That's really good advice, Kat. And also in those moments, think about how future you will thank this you. Mm. You know, that because those achievements, the very reason that we achieve those goals is to help ourselves ultimately in the long run. So future you will at some point look back and go, well done, Kat, you did that. And now look where we are. And also remember that, even though we've lost people, you're, go- you're yet to meet people that you will love, be that platonically, you know, friendships, romantic partners, and all of these achievements are helping to shape the person you are. And one day they're going to celebrate them with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a beautiful way to look at it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Obviously, both of us lost a parent when we were kind of 18. I was like 20. So our parents missed 21st birthdays, graduations, first ever jobs. How did you feel then? And do you think it's different to how you feel now? So I was very fortunate in that my nana has always been my biggest champion as well as my mum. So I used to, she'd be the first person I'd pick up the phone to and tell her about these things, which is why I think this last year has been so significant for me is because I've looked at my phone and gone, who do I call? Mm -hmm. Who am I going to? tell this to and so when I was 18 when mum passed away for all those years I had Nana that I could call who'd go I'm so happy for you I'm so proud of you you know let me watch what you've done let me see and she would yeah. beam with joy now is the for the first time I've probably really had to sit back and celebrate it for myself and go well done you know look how far you've come and look at these look at these things what about you well, before we go on to me, do you remember on your graduation, did your nan and granddad go to your graduation? Yes, they did. They did. Yeah. And again, that massively, massively helped me through it. There was always like, um, you know, I remember as well, because I did journalism and then I did uh, broadcast journalism and my mum was an English teacher and she was, she loved the written word and she always encouraged me to write. Mm. I remember this feeling, I remember looking around on, at graduation and seeing all my friends with their mums and being yeah. really happy for them and thinking, I wonder what it would have been like. I wonder which one of the mums my mum would have been mixing with. I wonder who she would have been laughing yeah. with. And you almost picture her, you know, you see a crowd and you almost see yeah. how she would navigate her way around that room as well. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, so obviously for me, I kind of, I had my... Well, I'd started third year, I'd been to Freshers Week and then I was told, well, your mum's going to die in the next couple of weeks. So I intercalated my third year, which is when I just put it off, like I, I could suspend it for a year. Um, so I did that without telling my mum first, but I talked to my dad about it and he knew it was the right thing to do. My mum was in hospital at the time and I went in to go and see her and I was like, you know, I need to tell you that I've intercalated my year. And she was like, why? Why would you do that? And I said, you know, because I need to be here with you for it. For now, my mum never talked about the fact that she was going to die. So at this, she said, no, I'm going to I'm going to be at your graduation. Like, don't do it. I'm going to be there. And it was really hard for me to turn around. I, I didn't turn around and say to her, like, no, you're not. I, I was just said to her, I've done it. Like, I'm sorry. And I think like knowing that she was obviously she wasn't so close, but she was like nine months off being able to see me graduate if I had been if I had stayed in my third year. And 
I'm so glad that I didn't, but obviously, you know, I interclated. So I turned 21 before I graduated and that was a big event without my mum there, but she was, everybody made an effort to make her be there in every moment. So my neighbor baked a big cake and she put photos of all my childhood on it with my mum on it. I remember I opened it and I was like, (laughs) and my dad did a big speech and she was very much a part of that day, even though she wasn't. And then also I graduated the year after and I was really really lucky that so many of my family and friends made the effort to come and I remember going onto the stage and I think it was my auntie went like yes Catherine and she had said it because she knew that my mum would have been shouting my mum was not like kind of shy or social conscious or anything at all she would have been like yeah I love that yeah so my aunt did that and I think you know similar to you that was a really odd experience seeing everybody there with their family and I just felt like there's a big gaping hole in mine but at the same time there was there must have been like 15 of them there with my friends there's so many we had like a just a massive do so I was really lucky but then I suppose since then every moment feels like a big moment when your parent isn't there when you're doing something you know like getting your first job or getting a new job buying a house and I think over time I've kind of learned to just accept the fact that I have to go through these things without her and it hurts and like you see the gaps you're hyper aware of the gaps in your life when these things happen like I know that after my first day at a new job my mum would have been texting me like how was your first day was it great and prior to it she would have been really interested and excited and you know you just you just don't get that anymore and it does make you very hyper aware of how different your life is to like your peers' life or your friend's lives. Yeah, absolutely. And I think on that as well, when I look ahead to the future, because I know you and I would both like children Mm. um, and fingers crossed, we're both able to have them one day. Mm. And I think I think about that and my mind goes so far as thinking, well, I'm 31. My mum died at 48. Mm. What if I have children and then they have no grandmother on my side and then I die young and then what am I going to leave my children with and I think about the impact that had on me and I think oh my god am I being selfish having children because I'm going to die how and I know that might sound ridiculous and that might sound really morbid but you know and also I I look at my friends who have had children already and you know what just because somebody's mother is physically here doesn't necessarily mean that they are yeah, um, present that, yeah and yeah. that's supportive but I look at the ones who do have children who have a support network around them like their, their mums in particular and I think oh my god like You've struggled with children with a mum there yeah. to help you. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. And I and I think I need to be in a place where I'm prepared to sacrifice absolutely everything mm-hmm. in my world for an extended period of time to be a mother and yeah. solely a mother because I will have nobody who I can turn to to help me with that. Yeah, I have the exact same thoughts. I think it's the same as, you know, whether you've lost your mum or your dad you know, you can have complicated complicated relationships with whichever surviving parent or if you've lost both of them. I think like your like friends really take for granted the fact that like I know, you know my friends have said, oh, you know, I've got free childcare. And I'm like, God, like I'm not going to have that. And yeah. you're so right. You have, I actually have to think I am not going to be able, I can't afford to put a child in childcare five days a week. They're going to put me working. Yeah. Like what's the point? Exactly. Then I also don't want to give up my life. So I think it is such a hard balance. And these are the things that we have to think about now. And one of the other things that I think about a lot is, you know, if I ever do get married and I do want to at some point, it's, you know, that massive hole. Again, people go wedding dress shopping with their mums. Their mums come on their Hindus. They plan their wedding with their mums. Like everything, all of my friends that have like got engaged or something like their mum has had such a big part to play in it. 
And I'm like, oh, crap, like, who the hell's going to do that with me? <laughs> You're right. And I think like that as well. And I think as a result of that and as a result of the pain and sadness that that's caused me, because I've thought about those kinds of things so much over the years, I think I've got to a stage in my life where I've accepted that. And so what I do is I look for love everywhere else. And that might sound a bit like arty party but what I mean by that is I really seek love out in people like I find new people and people that I've known for years and I I feel love through them and I yeah. appreciate them in a way I maybe wouldn't had I not experienced loss at such an early age and I think when I do look ahead to you know having children and getting married whilst they won't have the time in their lives to dedicate to me in the way a mother would I think actually you know I will build my own support network around yeah. me so that when I, you know, and I'd like to get married one day too, when I do go wedding dress shopping, I will have people who will be able to offer me, not what my mum could, but at least offer me love and support. Yeah, yeah and celebrate it with you 100%. Exactly. And I really resonate with what you said about, you know, finding different people that you can get love from. Like we kind of just siphon love from lots of different people to kind of to try and measure up the love that we're missing and that is so true like we've, we've both said that you build way more meaningful connections after your parent has died because you understand the value of it so much I think you know going back to the marriage thing a lot of people have messaged in and said you know how do I get through a wedding day without my dad because stereotypically dads have played a really big part when people get married and I myself you know I've thought about that with in my dad's recent diagnosis there is a chance that he won't be here when I get married and I'm like god that is a really big Thing be. I think because of what cult, the way that culture makes it to be, you know, every single film you watch is the dad walking the bride up the aisle and having a little cry and that special moment. And my heart really does break for other women and other grooms out there as well, whose dads would play a big part in their wedding days too. And that, you know, you, you do feel kind of robbed from that. And I think the same as, you know, what we've just said about missing our mums is that you try and find, you try and you know, replicate that love in lots of different people and find somebody really special to you. It doesn't have to be a man walking you up the aisle, you know. It can be your mum, it can be a friend that has been there to support you in the way that your dad would have supported you. And I think it's important that, yes, we're missing this really big person and this really, there's a really big like hole in our lives, but, you know, we can still make the whole day beautiful and it's okay to be sad as well. Your wedding doesn't have to be completely happy. It's okay to have a moment of sadness and reflection for that person. I'm not going to ask you to share what your dad's diagnosis is, but how do you feel about potentially having neither parent at a future wedding? Horrific. <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's actually one of the that's one of the first things I heard, and I was like, when all the first things I thought about when I got the news, I was like, crap, like I actually, you know, I'm only 26 now, so I might not get married for like another you know five or so years, maybe. You don't know, and kind of thinking that because I don't know because there is a chance that he might be mm. or he might not be it's really hard but that is one of the things that I am probably most scared of I'm like shit like that's going to be I'm just very hyper aware of how sad that will be and I think I just need to learn that if that does happen I just need to learn that sadness will be a part of my day but just to make it as happy as I can around it have you had that conversation with your dad oh my god no <laughs> why I don't know you know I think I think because I think it just makes it a little bit too too real, I think, would be the main reason why. And I think whilst whilst my dad is healthy now and he's living his life now, I don't see a reason to kind of bring up something that might not even 
happen. You I know? completely understand that. Mm-hmm. I remember because I lost a lot of memory of mum, but one of the significant things I do remember is her being in her ensuite and me stood in her bedroom and saying, I want you there at my wedding day. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do, mum? I was 17. And I remember her saying, I'll do everything in my power to be there at your wedding day. Mm -hmm. And I think because I said that and I remember her saying that, I'll draw some comfort should I ever get married in the knowledge that she knew I would have wanted her there. Yeah. I mean, obviously she'd know, but you know, I said it. And and that she told me she'll do everything in her power to be there. And, you know, we see it a lot. You see it even on the internet with people's weddings where such beautiful tributes are paid to the people that can't be there. And I think that is a big part of it to ensure that everybody in that room knows there is a person here who I wish could be here or two people here or more that I wish could be here that can't be present. And therefore we will mark it with this or this Mm -hmm. or this as a reminder of those that aren't with us. Yeah. So a few people of my family have got married since my mum died. And every single time it's mentioned at a wedding, I can't help but cry. So I keep thinking, oh my God, whenever I do get married, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have some serious like I'm gonna have to have a makeup session ready yeah. for afterwards because I will be bawling and I know it. <laughs> They'll be there with the powder while yeah. you're still doing yeah. it. Like, <laughs> you up. But also there is um there's a beauty in that. There's a beauty yeah. in the rawness of a day full of love where you remember that person and it is so unavoidable, you can't not remember them on a day like that and so actually in terms of the entire grieving process that is what we encourage is to talk about it to cry about it so to do it on that day is so normal and I remember you know on my brother's wedding day same thing him talking about mum and that was it I'm done I'm yeah you know because it's you're gonna yeah straight you can't deal with it and and it's and it's crazy because the sentence before you're absolutely like yay (laughs) mention Jane I'm like it's it's like raises host to the people that can't be here and I'm like yeah. <laughs> I mean, way, like I'm crying I mean, prosecco basically at this point in the day. <laughs> so, it's so, so bad. But so there will be hundreds, like thousands of people that are in exactly the same boat as us, which is sad, but it, it is, take it comfort is. in it. Yeah, exactly. And and you know what I'm finding more and more, sadly, is that as I'm getting older, um, more people are losing their parents mm. prematurely, absolutely prematurely. Yeah. And they're turning to me now for advice because they know I've been through it. So they'll message me. And um, things like that are happening because of their age. They are getting married. They are having children. They are navigating their way through things. So I think we're at a point in our life where very, very sadly now, even though we are still young, more people's parents are dying. So they are going to be going through these things semi alone. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, with people having children and stuff, I wish neither you nor I can sit here and say that we understand what that feels like when you have kids, when you've lost a parent, because we don't know. But we both know how apprehensive you must feel when you are having children, how scary it must be. And how sad it is to have them and to not have like, you know, the grandparent there with you. But I just feel like it's it's the same advice again, where you have to just allow yourself to be sad about it, but try and find some ways to bring them to life in that new relationship that you're going to form when they're not going to be there. I think, you know, I've thought about it a lot and I'm like, 
I really have to make an effort to talk about my mum to these children because I want them to know who she is. And I try and do it with my nephews, and my brother's kids. And I took like little Griff upstairs a few weeks ago and I was like showing him photos like oh. this is your nanny Joe. And he doesn't understand at all. He's only like two. But I just think it's it's hard to think that, you know, these people aren't going to have a clue who this person is. But it's important to try and make an effort, I think. Yeah, my older brother did that with my my nephew Toby mm. who is eight they had a Macmillan cancer day at school where they all got to wear green to go in but they had to take some money in so my older brother Ben gave Toby a 10 pound note and he explained Macmillan helped Nana Jane when she was poorly mm. Toby quietly took himself upstairs into his pocket money and got his own 10 pound note Aww. and brought it back down to take Aww. with him and I think that's so beautiful things like that yeah. I, I mean I was I was a goner because I was yeah, like wow like that is just so precious yeah. And yeah, and and I think on what you said, Kat, again, you are stronger. I know it sounds cliche, but you are stronger than you will give yourself credit for. Always. It's only in the moments where you have to be that you realize how deep you can dig and learn your own strength Mm -hmm. and you will do it. However daunting it may seem, however challenging it may seem, and telling you now you are going to do it and it doesn't mean it's going to be seamless it doesn't mean it's going to be you know all rainbows and musicals it might be tough but you'll do it mm-hmm. yep I think that is some great advice to give to anybody who is feeling daunted at the prospect of life events or is going through something where they've kind of had celebrated something big and they're feeling really lost about it my other bit of advice would be as it always is to talk about it like if, if there is one person in your life who will validate the way that you're feeling so not somebody who you would say oh you know I'm I'm really happy but I'm quite upset about this because they're not here and they go oh you know it's, yeah. it doesn't matter like they'll be happy for you try and find somebody that says you know what what you're feeling is completely okay and it's fine and it's okay to feel sad and feel happy at the same time because they both go hand in hand and that is something that we really have to learn when you're grieving Absolutely. I think that's perfect advice. And also, do you know what? If you have achieved something and you want to shout about it, feel free to send us a message at the Dead Parent Club podcast. Yes, please do. We are always here to reply to you. You can find us on Instagram at Dead Parent Club podcast, on Twitter at DPC podcast or on Facebook at the Dead Parent Club podcast. And you can also email us at hello at deadparentclub.co.uk. We managed to avoid the tears. And, I, and also, well. we will congratulate you right here, right now. If yes. you've done anything really good lately, well done. We salute you. Super proud. We're clapping you into next week when we'll be back. See you then. See you soon. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.